Happy Throwdown Thursday, Shakes. Oh, it's Thanksgiving. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to our American listeners. Uh, I am obviously doing this not on Thursday, so I was so excited and I heard myself say Thursday and I was like, wait, that's Thanksgiving. We're on a journey today, y'all. I am happy that you're here with me and this episode was really fun, as they as they all are. So massive thank you again to Sid Neven for coming on last week to talk about who would be the best TikToker. I don't know who won that argument yet because voting hasn't stopped. So we'll all find out together. And this week, I've got Alex Benarzi on to talk about which Shakespeare character would be the best blogger. I, I love this show. I'm grateful for this audience. I'm grateful that you're here listening. I'm grateful for every single person who has given their time to come on this show and talk about Shakespeare with me. I'm just a very thankful, grateful person today. I love you all and I, I hope you I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Protest Too Much, a Shakespeare Showdown podcast where a guest and I go head-to-head each week, and you get to decide who wins. Okay, so this week we are tackling who in Shakespeare would be the best blogger. And with me, I'm so excited, I've got actor and writer Alex Benarzi. Alex, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's really exciting. Uh, yeah, I am Alex Spinarzi, uh, writer, editor, educator, sometimes actor, and of course, Shakespeare obsessor. Uh, I have uh, on my website, which will hopefully be linked somewhere, uh, I have working on a series of Shakespeare essays uh, t- tackling each play. Ooh, okay, yeah. Um, that will be linked in the show notes, so make sure y'all check that out. What uh, what angle are you attacking each play from? It varies from play to play. I became obsessed with the idea, and I'm stealing a bit from Oxford professor Emma Smith here, mm. that Shakespeare's plays asks questions more than they answer them. Uh, so I'm trying to do different questions that correspond to the play with the bigger idea of how the play Hamlet changed everything, uh, looking at so drawing parallels between the pre-Hamlet and post-Hamlet plays, uh, while also looking at them individually. So, for example, my essay on Much Ado is looking at the character of Inogen. Uh, for those who do not know, in the text somewhere, Leonardo at one point had a wife, Hero had a mother, and then she was just written out of the play. So looking at that question of why, why did <laughs> she first exist? Why was she killed off before the play even became a thing? I think you want to hear my take on that? Oh, please. I think because if Hero had a mother, she never would have allowed her to remarry Claudio at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. I think it's I think it's interesting to to have that idea of the plays ask more questions than they answer. Um, and I've listened to a few of the Oxford lectures and they're really cool in the way mm-hmm. that they they tackle that approach. And I just want to say that, oh, OK, it's cool when Shakespeare proposes more questions than it answers, but it's you're all mad when Lost does it. The greatest <laughs> television series of all time. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, that, that is fair. I'm going to have to re-examine my criticism of that show. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I feel like I finally have used this platform for good. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's let's talk about writing a little bit. Um, blogging specifically, what is it about that format that draws you to it? So we'll get to the characters in a second, but just kind of as a preamble. So blogging is an interesting form of writing because it requires a few different elements. One, you have to be a good writer and that just like any other form of writing, but also you have to be succinct. You have to be pithy. You also have to have a unique voice and a perspective that encourages people to read. Blogging is such a saturated market and it's it's such a, a hard form of writing because in essence you have a line or two, a few seconds to, to draw people in. People look at a website for three to five seconds before they click away unless they're really invested. So you really have to be able to hook them in with something. And I think it takes a a very specific talent, which despite having a blog, I don't know if I have or not. That's up for someone else to decide. <laughs> okay. I think those are some good those are some good characteristics to go off of. So looking at succinct, pithy, and having a unique voice, I am curious to know, Alex, who do you think of all Shakespeare characters would be the best blogger? I hadn't thought originally, and then I realized that this was a harder question than I initially thought. And I don't know if anyone listening is like me when listening to these these episodes, you try and play along and, and guess before it is announced. So you may be listening and think, oh, well, the obvious answer is Hamlet. Who else could be but Hamlet? But ah, no. You said One. succinct. <laughs> exactly. Not succinct, not pithy. Also, you read his, presumably, what is the section of the most trap? Eh, not, not the best. Sorry, Hamlet. Um, <laughs> I mean, so... his poetry is so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love and what? Uh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, amazing. No. Okay, so uh, Hamlet's out. So who did I... So Hamlet's out. So who did I pick? Uh, I was looking for someone, again, who is good with succinctness, but also has a very good voice, but more so for both mine and your choice who story do we not fully get? Who is someone we need more of their story? So I'm actually going with Hal, yeah. AKA Henry V, focusing most on Hal's story. So parts one and two of Henry IV. Although I do have to say that the, the blog can't be called anything else but a little touch of Harry in the night. So that's the, that is Hal's blog title. It's so good. <laughs> All right, uh, but I'm, I'm going to let you get into that. But who uh, who do I think would be the best blogger? This was also very hard. <laughs> now, I may give you a bit of a choice, although I'll tell you which one I mean, I think is the better. Uh, my initial thought, given one, that it's one of the funniest things I can imagine, and two, your um, current role with this play is Clotin from Cymbeline would be the most hilarious blog <laughs> I can't say it would be good, but just try and picture that for a second. Oh, I am. Um, so that's option one, and I dismiss that because it doesn't seem fair. Um, the one I do think, along the same lines of a strong voice, and in particular, someone who's central to their play, but we do not get their voice in the play. We don't get the real them, and I think a behind-the-scenes blog of who they actually are would be, and a good pair to Hal, would be Catherine, of course. Catherine the Cursed, uh, the prettiest Kate in Christendom from Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I want to say before I let you dive into Hal that my entire argument for Cloten would have been that he would just make his mom do it. Ah, yeah. And that's case closed. So, <laughs> <laughs> Fair so why don't you, um, why don't you, yeah, tell me why Hal would be the best vlogger. So again, Hal is somebody, one, maybe unfairly, but has one of the best character arcs in all of Shakespeare because of the number of plays he has. But he is such a divided person between his public persona and his private. I mean, we see that right at the start of Henry IV, Part One. It's uh, with his soliloquy, which is one of those amazing soliloquies that's horribly placed. Mm. I don't actually like it within the context of the play, but take it as itself. Uh, it's at the very end of, of 1.2. He's hanging out with Falstaff and then points and they create this plot to go rob the, the people um, at Gads Hill. And then they all leave and he kind of just you know, turns to the audience and, uh, and says, you know, herein will I imitate the sun who doth permit the base contagious clouds to smother up his beauty from the world that when he please himself to be again being wanted, he may be more wondered at by breaking through the foul, ugly mists of vapors that seem to strangle him. You know, this idea of um, I am not who I am, kind of like Iago or in that sense, reversed, yeah. that you know people think I am one way, but here's the real me. And I think that's what Hal's blog would be. It's him showing who he really is um but also able to play the the public game uh hal is he he is extremely well beloved we see that in in uh, 2.4 of of henry the uh fourth part one where he's talking about with points about how he's beloved of all the the lads of east cheap and you know he'll be the the king of the the common folk and that's of course right before he goes to insult francis a whole bunch of times but yeah <laughs> let's francis. brush past that one poor <laughs> francis <laughs> it's you want to think of how is this great guy and then you just have to deal with that scene but you know eh. <laughs> um so he's one he has this great inward voice that it would be fantastic for a blog he's he's beloved people are going to follow his blog people are going to read him especially the you know, folk of east cheap um of course, Falstaff would probably be a guest writer for, for a while until the, the fight plays out and Falstaff gets banished from the blog. Um, so you, you'll, you'll get a bit of, of Falstaff. But he's also extremely self-aware, and particularly in uh, in Henry IV Part Two, which, you know, not the greatest play, but I think it gets maligned unfairly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There are some gems it's... in it for sure. There are, and especially Hal, I think his character is probably better in part two than in part mm -hmm. one. Um, and if you kind of just smash the two plays together, you get the best of Hal. Yeah. Um, so he's, you know, in, in his first scene, he basically calls himself a hypocrite for uh, the whole point of Henry IV part two of Hal's character is his father's now dying and Hal's wrestling with that fact of, should I feel guilty and why don't I... Why don't I feel anything for my for my dying father? And he basically says to Poins, you know, if I were to openly weep, I would just be a hypocrite. Or, or I guess asking the question, would I be a hypocrite for weeping over my father's death? 
Um, and this inward conflict would translate so well into a blog that I think people would, would come back to weekly or bi-weekly, however it would be, to to see this the growth of this character as he puts on this outward outward front, but also you know, has these these moments that he reveals to the readers and, and no one else. Yeah. But have you considered that Kate from Taming of the Shrew would be a better blogger? I so I think she really would be. Part part of me thinks that she would publish under a male pseudonym for quite a long time. Um, because I feel like that's part of her fight, right? And the anonymity of having a blog, of having a space online that is accessible to the public, but but still hiding the the writer as much as you want it to. Um, like you have the control over what people see of your real life versus what you show them. And I think that she is so she's so smart. And we see this in her first uh, interaction with Petruchio. But we see it all the way through the play, too, is that she's so witty and her wordplay is is I, I mean, we we love Beatrice and Benedict for their wit, right? But like when you break down their lines, are they really that witty? Like they're not. They're not that rich with like there's good wordplay, but they're back and forth. Beatrice and Benedict is like four lines. Petruchio and Kate go on for pages. Scenes, yeah. yeah. And just I, I ugh, um this line that she's got um why sir i trust i may have leave to speak and speak i will i am no child no babe your betters have endured me say my mind and if you cannot best you stop your ears my tongue will tell the anger of my heart or else my heart concealing it will break and rather than it shall i will be free even to the uttermost as i please in words and that speech if that's not an introduction to a blog I don't I don't know what else is that like I will be free as I please in words is so she is absolutely such a a strong voice and one that we see the context we see her in first with her father in her house and with uh, with Petruchia later she is so restrained by the part that she is forced to, to play that I agree that even as she argues for freedom, we never get to see her actually have it in in the play itself, which would definitely make her a very powerful vlogger. But at the same time, Hal's in that same situation. He's either has to play the the lackey to to Falstaff or beg at his father. And and really the only time we see Hal for who he is in the plays, that first soliloquy, and then uh, in part two, when he's, thinks his father's dead and he's talking to the crown, uh, basically. So I think we're dealing with two characters who are extremely, have an extremely strong voice, but uh, are unable to express it in the world that they're in. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting way of of tying both of these characters together. Um, My point against Hal, and this is, I love, he's like my favorite character in the canon. Um, I don't think he would have the consistency necessary to like keep a blog um to 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 grow a blog i guess and this is coming from someone who started a blog 
um, a couple of years ago. And man, if I update that thing once, <laughs> once a year, that's a good year. Uh, <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> to be fair, like the premise of the blog is me drinking an entire bottle of champagne while reading a Shakespeare play and commenting through it. So like, it's not sustainable. <laughs> Okay, but but Hal has points. Yeah, points will be his social media manager. Oh, that's uh, points is extremely good at keeping Hal on track and oh. arranging for. You know, we see him arrange the entire uh, heist at Gadshill. So I, I think Hal's good... got himself covered. Oh, that's a great. That's a oh oh. Everyone, everyone needs their points. Kate, you know, she'll have uh, what's his name, Grumio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know if Gurney's gonna be on top of it. No, but she does. But I don't think she needs that because she has such yeah. tenacity and such like uh, force of will that she is going to be pretty regularly um, on top of it. I think that that Hal is someone who needs a points, and Kate is not necessarily. Um, maybe to the point, like negatively, that she runs herself into the ground because she becomes so singularly focused on this thing that. It it hurts her. Um, I don't know if it's emotionally or just time, but like, you know, when you get really obsessed with a project and you <laughs> let it overrun your life because it's the only thing that you have to express that part of yourself. And Kate does seem like that that type of person who just becomes fixated on on something. Uh, Kate's other another I guess point against Kate is. You have to you have to be well liked by the people because you rely on the people to follow your blog, mm. and even at the very end, there, Kate, to maybe dig into controversy, that whole uh, final speech yeah. of Taming of the Shrew. My take on it is that it's it's very pointed. I don't go with the the opinion that it's all sarcastic, but it's in a sense a direct attack, mainly against the widow and to a lesser extent uh, uh, Bianca. Um, because she is she is just needling them throughout the entire thing and rightfully so the widow laid into her a few moments earlier but that would be kate's blog it would be very passive aggressively or not so passive aggressively <laughs> at times i think she would have a hard time uh growing her audience not because she's not an amazing marketer but do people want to be attacked as much yeah and to that i think that that's why that's why I feel like she would publish under a male pseudonym because mm. uh, men are allowed to be more aggressive on the internet and still grow their followings in a way that uh, they sh maybe should not be allowed to be. But when it's coming from a male voice, it is not, oh, this is a shrew. It's more like, yeah, look at this, like impassioned writer, you know? Yeah, that's, I, it's a good point. I'm trying to think now what would male disguised Kate be like if you compare her to the other disguised as men characters around her? Yeah. Would, would her shrewishness just be more perceived as, as power? It's, I it's mean, an interesting road. Rosalind reads... Orlando up and down and is yeah. quite mean to him in those I would be interested and this isn't something that I've done but I would be interested in looking at those speeches side by side or at her speeches side by side with some of Kate's to look at the the wording of them to see how see how they compare because I don't I don't actually know 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I guess the question is, why don't we, everyone loves Rosalind. You can't not love Rosalind. What makes her so lovable and, and Kate on the page? Even Viola uh, rips Olivia. And so for in the same kind of scenario, Olivia's like, let me marry you. And uh, Viola's like, no, gross. No. And so I wonder uh, how that interaction with Petruchio, like being so against. Yeah, this is a really this. That's a whole conversation yeah. on its own. I think. <laughs> I know. Now I'm gonna have to go look into this. The whole yeah. Kate in the context of yeah, the Rosalind Cesario. Yeah. Uh, here's one thing I will say to get back on this against Kate because I think it needs to be said, even though it hurts my argument. Um, I think that she would get into comment wars with her followers. Oh constantly like they would say something mildly critical and she would just like flame them in a response and add that to that she would attract those comments people would be seeking out the blog just for the comment section and yeah yeah everyone everyone will just be the widow in the comments (laughs) just these horrible people the widow is the worst. Yeah, she's not great. <laughs> so many people in that play are the worst, though. So it's like, well, that's yeah, the fair. worst of what. Um, <laughs> I do think how would be really good with in, in, in like engaging with the community in that way and building a community where people feel heard and valued. I think he would be quite good at that. He would, although to attack my own argument, now he's <laughs> absolutely a bit classist, you know, as we see with Francis, and then he's also very weird the way the wind blows type of a person you know he'll start to develop a following he'll become really big he'll get corporate sponsors and then he'll pull out the i know you not old i know the not old man bit and just start turning on the the people who made him who he is um and then you know falstaff will go and start his own blog and the two will probably just explode each other amazing y'all what do you think? Whose blog would you rather read? Is it Hal or is it Kate? Alex, this is a really fun conversation to get to have. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Let people know again where they can find your blog and your work. So most of my work can be found on my website, which is Alex Benarzi, A-L-E-X-B-E-N-A-R-Z-I.com. All my professional work and my blog is there. I'm also on sort of Twitter and Instagram at Benarzi A. Uh, and on TikTok, I'm looking to regrow that whole thing yeah. at Alex underscore Will underscore Right. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next week. Thank you. Oh, yeah, you can vote on Twitter. I forgot. I think I forgot <laughs> to say that. Vote on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at P2M Pod. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>